Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. To start with, check your bank account or check the mail. Did you get your GST rebate today? April 5th is is the day that you're supposed to get it. The second question I want to ask is, did it include the grocery rebate? I don't think it did. We've had people asking around the station and checking with their friends and all the rest of that sort of stuff, and it doesn't look like it. And I don't think it was ever really determined whether or not it would be (laughs) part of this payment or if you'd have to wait for the next one, which I think is in July. It comes four times a year. You're supposed to get the GST rebate, I think. Um, Today is the day you are supposed to, if, if you qualify for the GST rebate, you are supposed to get it today. And of course, as you know, it was announced in the budget last week that there would be a, a payment, a grocery rebate would be added to the GST rebate, essentially, for, for some Canadians. Um, and that's because we've seen food prices remain so high, um, more than 10% higher than a year ago. Rate of food inflation remains above 10%. The other rate of inflation, the big headline number, it slowly dropped back down, right? Not the one when it comes to grocery store prices. It stayed up above 10% all the way through. So like I say, last month in the budget, 28th, uh, it was announced some Canadians would get the rebate. It's about 235 bucks roughly for a single person and about $470 for a family. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. Um, but is it enough? Is there more that we could do? Um, we'll check in with Valerie Tarasuk now, who is a professor of nutritional sciences at the University of Toronto, who's been studying a bit what's behind this federal grocery rebate. Valerie, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Well, thanks for having me. So this, I mean, it's all about offsetting the soaring food costs, of course, but this targets uh, the the lower income Canadians, there is a threshold in terms of income. Like I say, it's not nothing, right? I mean, it it, it is yeah. something. Yeah. It's a good start, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think there, I mean, it, it's absolutely not enough money to offset the hardships of people that are struggling to make ends meet right now. But there are many things to like about it. I mean, it's a step in the right direction. That's what I would say. A small step. But a step nonetheless. You know, millions of Canadians will qualify for this and will receive this payment. But when we take a look at how many people in Canada really are, you know, in a, in a tough spot and are really having a hard time facing what we call food insecurity and the rest, how, how big is that need? How many people are sort of in that category? Well, our most recent estimate is not very recent. It's from 2021. And at that point, we were estimating 5.8 million Canadians living in food insecure households in the 10 provinces. Now, Statistics Canada is poised to release some new data in a couple of weeks, and that'll be for 2022. And, you know, given the um, economic circumstances over this last year, we would expect that 5.8 million to potentially rise, but also the severity of food insecurity for those people has to have gotten worse with this inflation. It have to, right? I mean, there's no way it couldn't. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It absolutely has to. Yeah, when you're talking about a 10% increase. So in terms of this rebate, like you say, it got a lot of things right. I mean, to start with, the obvious one is it's $235. Bucks. Uh, that, that's good. But what else, in addition to just the cash payment, what do you like about it? Well, I mean, during the pandemic, 
when, you know, the economy collapsed and all kinds of people got tossed out of work, there was a, a concern, a very real concern about um, the economic hardship created by that, uh, that downturn triggering food insecurity. And the federal government responded then by introducing something called the Emergency Food Security Fund, but it was money that went to food charities. So it went to Second Harvest, to Food Banks Canada, mm-hmm. to Breakfast Clubs of Canada. And so, you know, and, and under the guise of um, protecting Canadians from going hungry. But the message that that funding was sending was, you know, if you're struggling to put food on the table, go to a food bank or, you know, line up at a meal program somewhere. Um, what's very nice about the um, grocery rebate, as they're calling it, is that it's working to put money in people's pockets. And, you know, that not only is that a more dignified thing to do, but it's a more efficient thing to do. So that's one of the major, I, I feel like the major, the major advances now is rather than, you know, stimulating more food charity op- yeah. operations, the federal government's actually saying, okay, we've got to deal, go upstream, deal with the income problem, and here's a way to do that. And Valerie, you, you mentioned like, the efficiency, like, you don't have to do anything. There, you don't even have to apply. There, there's, I mean, in terms of efficiency and making it easy, it, it, it checks that yeah. box too, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. As long as you follow your income tax return, you're, you're going to get it. Um, so from that perspective, yeah, it's very good. I mean, we know there are some people that don't file. And there's also a measure in this new budget to help people to file income tax returns. And, you know, there's ongoing measures, I think, in many communities to do that. But yeah, it, it's 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 automatic. I also like the fact that it's income tested, so it's only going to go to low income people, um, and so that'll be singles with incomes below forty five thousand, and couples with incomes below I think it's around sixty five or sixty seven thousand. What's nice about that is, I mean, everybody is noticing the um, increase in food prices when they go to the store, but not everybody is going to go hungry because they can't afford to pay those prices, right? right? And so, you know, at a time when we need governments to be fiscally responsible. It is responsible to be targeting the, this assistance to people who are low income. So that's also something that I think is a really um, positive step here. So that's some of the things that it gets right. What does it get wrong? I mean, what could it do better? Yeah, it's a one-off, right? It's a one-off payment and it's small. And, you know, you said $235, that's the maximum anybody's going to get. If their income, you know, approaches that threshold of, four, what, $45,000, they are going to get less. So, yeah, it's, it's one-off. It's not, it's not sustained. Um, and, it's, yeah, it's a one-time payment. And probably the amount is not enough to offset the hardship, especially for people on yeah. fiscal assistance. Right? Their incomes are just so low. Well, you're right, and and we've seen such a spike. And, and it's not like this is a, a discretionary item, right, Val? I mean, that's the problem right. here when you're talking about right. food costs. It's like you can't just say, okay, well, I, I just won't do that this month. Y- you don't have that that's choice. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, which is why it's good that we've got the federal government trying, you know, to think through how it can use its particular levers in a way to offset a bit of the hardship. And and there's no question that people will be grateful for the funds, but it's a one, one-time yeah. payment in the context of a very long stretch of um, inflation and, and uh, you know, a pre-existing problem of food insecurity that was large and festering. What's the, what's, you know, if they're looking for something else, if there's another way of doing that, what would you recommend? I mean, what would be the best <laughs> way of going about trying to handle this situation? Because it's a mess. It is a mess. So I think I think there are two options. One is to take a look at the other federal income support initiatives that are in place and figure out how to 
improve them so that they provide more of, of um, a stable, adequate income for people at the low end of the spectrum. And specifically, I'm thinking about the Canada Child Benefit, but also the Canada Worker Benefit and EI. So the Canada Child Benefit, you know, it goes to, I think, something like 95% of Canadian families. Low-income families get more money than higher-income families, which is as it should be. But I think the benefit is not high enough. We know that just the mere fact that a household contains somebody under the age of 18 is enough to increase their likelihood of food insecurity. So, I mean, that I would never be able to utter that sentence if the Canada Child Benefit was doing its job because it should be offsetting that hardship, and it's not for low-income families. So that's one that I think I, I was disappointed that it wasn't being tackled in the budget. They keep talking about the candidate child benefit as an important measure to reduce child poverty. And, you know, I'm sure that that's been true. But there is a need now to refine that benefit payment so that those at the very bottom end um, receive a higher benefit. The Canada Worker Benefit is intended to offset hardships for um, low-income people in the workforce. Again, a very good idea. We know that over half of households that are food insecure are dependent on employment income. So we have a big problem of food insecurity amongst low-wage, low-income workers. Um, but, you know, if the Canada Worker Benefit were um, more generous and more easily accessible, I think we could see it taking some of the pressure off there. But so those are the small pieces. Okay, I just want to say one more thing. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, the, the flip side, you know, so I'm, I'm talking about individual policies at, that are working at the federal level and saying, how could the federal government do something to improve their um, ability to protect Canadians from food insecurity? But well, these are piecemeal things. And, you know, there's complexities here because the provincial governments are the ones responsible for social assistance. And, you know, we know it is a part of the problem, not part of the solution right now. The other thing that people are talking about, and, you know, in some quarters at least, it's gaining increasing traction, I think, is the idea of a basic income, where rather than trying to piece together an adequate... All these different programs. Yeah. Yeah, rather than doing that, you just cut to the chase and say, you know, we in Canada agree that people should have enough money to meet basic needs, and we're going to, you know, set up an income floor that does that. So, I mean, that's the other... That's the other way to think about um, a, a policy direction that would could very directly ag- address a lot of food insecurity. And, and you know what's on my text line, Valerie, you, of course. I mean, well, why do we got to pay for this? What's this going to cost us? I mean, there is a cost to all of this, right? <laughs> well, there is a cost, but there is a cost now, right? I mean, I, I've been reading commentaries about the uh, grocery rebate. And, you know, people debating, economists debating, is it going to fuel inflation or not? Like, is an appropriate use of $2.5 billion or whatever it's costing? But what's missing from those conversations is the fact that every day we are spending money on the fact that we have this huge swath of Canadians who cannot afford, you know, adequate food. And how are we spending it? Well, we're spending it in the healthcare system. People yeah. who are food insecure are very, very likely to turn up in our healthcare system because... That's the one place that they can access. And um, we know that most adults in food insecure situations have been diagnosed with at least one chronic disease. That could be a mental health problem or it could be a physical problem. If they're absolutely struggling to put food on the table for themselves and their families, there's no way they can manage those conditions. So they're more likely to turn up in emergency departments than in hospitals. And when they are admitted, they're more likely to be readmitted and to stay longer. So, you know, We've generated over the years a lot of data 
documenting the implications of food insecurity for the healthcare system in Canada, and they are real. Um, so, you know, we talk about what's it going to cost to deal with this problem, but, you know, there's the other side of it. What's it costing now to not deal with it? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, healthier people, a healthier society, uh, the costs go down in a number of different areas, not just healthcare, but a number of different That's areas. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Valerie, great conversation. Appreciate you being here. Well, thanks very much. I'm, I'm happy that you're talking about this issue because, you know, I think we have to talk about it more. So thanks for your question today. Yeah, you bet. Thanks very much, Valerie.